0: You're listening to the Author Stories Podcast, bringing you the story behind the stories and the storytellers. Margaret Wise,
1: Sherry Brooks. Sheena Kamal.
0: Matthew Quick.
1: J.T. Ellison.
0: Walt D. Williams. Brad Ford, Corey. Dr. O. Vincent. Robin. Maugh. Ernest Klein, Jim Butcher. Sherlene Harris. Visit HankGarner.com for archives of all the shows. Today's guest is... Thanks for joining me today here in the StoryCraft Cafe and uh, the Author Stories Podcast. We uh, have the distinct honor today of being joined by Fiona Barton. She has an amazing new book. It's called Local Gone Missing. And th- I'll tell you what, Fiona, um, I, I've been thinking a lot about how to um, kind of start this conversation. Bit. Um I, I love the book so much because it's such a breath of fresh air because it's a it's a callback to mystery stories um that that I have loved for so long. You know, uh today's um you know, the 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 in vogue thing are the super fast-paced thrillers that that drop you into the story and they kind of go at breakneck speed and characters are all over the place. And uh and and this is a different kind of story. And and that is not to say um that that thrillers are better or worse or mysteries are better or it's just different it's just exactly. different and and i love it i love it i love that that we have choice uh, in stories and so um anyway welcome uh, welcome to the show it's good to see you today
1: yeah it's really good to see you too yeah you're absolutely right though you know what is what the joy of reading is that choice that you know we we can find all sorts of thrillers, mystery, suspense, uh, in amongst, and, and that's, you know, the joy of reading for me, discovering Absolutely. new things.
0: Absolutely. So Fiona, I've been thinking about some questions lately that, that, uh, are great conversation starters. And I, and I love this one because <laughs> people have really, um, uh, connected with it, but, uh, is there a piece of writing advice that you have gotten, uh, it, either super good and something that really meant the world to you and you've held on to and cling to throughout your writing career, or maybe it's a terrible piece of advice that you look back on and, <laughs> and think, oh, mercy, I'm so glad I didn't um, take that advice, or, or maybe you did and, you know, have a have an experience from it. Is there anything like that that sticks out to you?
1: Oh, goodness. Um, I got quite a lot of advice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> As most of us do yeah we do we do but um i think because i had written the book mm-hmm. before anyone else knew um that i was writing um you know even my husband wasn't aware to begin with um so i just set off on my own um but uh, yeah i mean there were loads of bits of advice which you know don't give up your day job nobody makes a living from writing you know and and sort of trying to manage expectations but um, you know people would say only write what you know and you think well yeah I get that I get that you know if you know a world like you know the, the world of journalism that I used in the first three books it was it was great for me to use that because it, it right. felt like felt like I was coming home but actually You know the whole the whole thing about writing is that you can imagine you can research sure but also you can just put yourself out there and 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 sit in somebody else's shoes and um and see things from another perspective so yeah i
0: i didn't follow any advice really (laughs) (laughs) that advice about only writing what you know um that's great until you're a fantasy author or a science fiction author that's writing about the 30th century or I'm not sure Terry Pratchett ever wrote what new. <laughs> exactly. Or, or a mystery writer who's, who's yeah. writing about criminals and, and things that have gone horribly wrong. You know, very few of us, know the ins and outs of of cracking a real life mystery you know Um, i I think we would like to think that we are but you know we don't have a lot of experience most of the time Uh, but yeah that that is you're absolutely right that uh that's that's not very good advice Write write what you what you can imagine that's that's a better piece of
1: advice write what inspires you that's the thing isn't it it's you know you've got an idea and you think yeah you know i'd love to look into that um And Maybe, you know, it's a world that you don't know about, uh, but you can always find out. You can always, you know, write round things and and find people who do know about it. I talk to, you know, people about real life situations all the time to make sure that I get as much right as I can.
0: Right. Exactly. Uh, Fiona, the uh, the new book, um, Local Gone Missing, how many books is this for you now? Uh, that's
1: my fourth book. Um, I started late, <laughs> third career, uh, and I'm writing the fifth one at the moment. So, yeah.
0: Well, I, I love that you started late, as as you say, um, because, you know, that allowed you to to gather up some life experience. Um, and, and this is not to say that people can't write an amazing novel when they're 18, 19, 20. But there is something to be said about writing from the perspective of of some life experience, of meeting lots of varied characters and, um, you know, living through some things. Um, Do do you ever think about, um, you know, you getting into publishing when you did, as opposed to, you know, what kind of novel that you might have written at at 25? Do do you ever think about that?
1: No, to be honest, I don't, because at 25, I I was a journalist, I was a reporter, a news reporter. And so I, I was writing every day, um, other people's words, but, <laughs> uh, but was writing every day. So, yeah, I mean, it wasn't a gap in my life. I loved reading, still do. It's my passion. Um, but no, I don't, I can't imagine what I would have written at 25. And it yeah. was only really, you know, later on that I had the space to do it. Um, you know, when I stopped being a reporter, a journalist, that I thought, I've got, you know, I, I'd like to look at this story. You know, I couldn't just stop dead. Right. So, um, yeah, that's when I started doing it. What's but little? I love that writing is one of those, is one of the things that uh, people can do at any age. You know, you can, be 80, you can be 17. Um, if you've got a story to tell, it doesn't matter. Right.
0: wonderful, isn't it? right I, I've met uh, quite a number of novelists who uh, began their careers as journalists or reporters and I'm fascinated by the the toolkit that you acquire by by doing that job as a journalist or reporter um, because it, especially if you live in a, a larger city where there might be multiple news outlets when when a big news story happens a big happening, there might be three or four or five or six or seven or eight different people that show up to report on yeah. that event. And and all of the facts are the same, but each of the reporters or journalists see it from their perspective and they report on it a little differently. You'll get a little different details de- depending on whose eyes the, the story has come through. Um, do, do you um, draw on that toolkit, so to speak, that – that you acquired as a journalist do do you ever think about that
1: yes absolutely absolutely every day every day um i mean you know sometimes there are a hundred reporters on a story if it's a big one um you know with news crews and and print and online and um and you're right um but that's the different outlets will be looking for a different angle so that people will turn to them to to read it uh, or hear it. Um, so yeah, um you're always looking for a different way in is is what we say. Um, yeah. Often, as you say, the I mean the facts are the same, right. but you may have found a witness or somebody who was involved and you can tell it from their perspective. And uh, and I love doing that. I really love it. Um, the thing is, I mean, when you're a reporter, every story is different, um, and every day in a week can be different. And so you get all those different voices. Um, you write it. You tell their story. You move on, but all those voices are still there, you know, ricocheting around my head. Um, you know, whole interviews are so memorable to me and uh, so i've had this brilliant cast of characters to draw on um and i'm very grateful for that
0: i love that um speaking of the cast of characters to draw from um, do you when you first think of a story and i'm I'm obsessed with where stories begin, and this has been an obsession of mine for years. And and I hear uh, as many answers to this question as there are people, and everyone is different. And and I'm just fascinated that there's no single way that stories uh, come to be, uh, you know. And uh, I, I like to describe it like this: that at one moment, a story like local gone missing doesn't exist in any form or fashion; it, it just doesn't exist. Uh, mm-hmm. And then either a character walks onto the stage of your mind or uh, and then you're like, who who is this and what are they about? Or or maybe you uh, have read or, or watched a, a news article on, on TV or in the newspaper as if newspapers exist anymore. Um, and, and then you start playing the what if game in your mind and, and then you start casting that that story that's beginning, you know, with with these people that don't exist. And then all of a sudden they do exist. And. And local gone missing in some form or fashion is a thing now. And then as the writer, your job is to dig it out and excavate it and, you know, dust it off and polish it up. And and then then there's a whole book there. You know, it's just it's magic. It just it's just magic. But what is that first moment of inspiration like for you? Um, it
1: as you say, it just takes so many forms. Sometimes it's a conversation that you hear um, strangers on a train you could be sitting in the seat behind and you hear a, a conversation and you think I wonder what's happened there I wonder what he knows you know and uh, you can play games with yourself on right journeys um I think with local gone missing um it was a a mishmash of things because um I'd got in my head um there's a, a quote isn't there that uh, I think it might be Tolstoy actually somebody terribly um wonderful writer saying there are only two plots the hero's journey or a stranger comes to town right i have it on my wall in fact <laughs> uh, but so i had a i had an experience where um i was uh, i was in a, a bar it was an event uh abroad ages ago and uh this guy was stood at the bar and uh no one i knew and he was telling the other people standing around him about his many um very important contacts friends things he knew sure and and, and and including some royal um contacts and the thing he didn't know was that i used to report on royal news and i knew he was a fake i knew right. it. i mean he was getting it wrong. <laughs> and um it lasted minutes, and uh, I think we kind of caught each other's eye, and, uh, and I think he realised that you know she knows, right. um, and uh, the so jig he is up. himself off. He went, <laughs> but it was afterwards. I sat there thinking, you know, this is somebody who has reinvented himself completely. Right. Um, so what does that feel like? The danger of meeting someone like me while you're you know being this new person and what would you what might you do to uh, protect that story so that kind of started me thinking about you know a stranger somebody coming into a new group of people and um faking it and uh, the danger of being found out so that kind of started you know the cogs turning right. and um, and I was looking for a new character, main character, because uh, my journalist, Kate, Kate Waters, um, you know, she'd had a bit of a, <laughs> a <laughs> bit of a rough ride in the subject. I thought she needed to have a lie down. So um, I was looking at doing something different and uh, and I, I wanted to, to write about a woman who has sort of come to a moment in her life where everything is turned upside down um, for various reasons. So I chose to write um, a, a, a policewoman, a, a detective, murder detective, who is recovering from breast cancer um, that sort of came out of the blue and uh, and her relationship has gone wrong. Everything has kind of imploded and she's wondering whether she can ever be the detective that she was. So I had the sort of the little you know people who fake things you know what is that like what's it like waking up every morning and thinking to yourself okay so i'm so and so and and i've been and i've done this and i've done that you know reminding yourself right um, living that other life and a detective who is very unsure of her future so i kind of married them together um And it developed from there. I mean, it's, you know, that's not the whole story, but it's, but that's how it started. Yeah.
0: So when you first developed the character of Elise, um, were there things that you did to to kind of get inside her head? Because the character that you've written previously was a journalist and you you had some insight into kind of how to build that character, because in a lot of ways, um, while she might not have been based on you. Mm-hmm. Um she was definitely informed by experiences that you have had. Um, as far as I know, you've never served as a police detective. Um, I know. <laughs> so, so what what did you do to get inside mm-hmm. her head? um and 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 by the way, I just have to say this that I love the the um uh, the way that the the extra steps that you took to humanize her. um, not that we like to see anyone going through hardships, and, you know, especially, uh, you know, cancer and physical hardships like that, but there is something deeper that comes with that character because you took extra steps to humanize her to show us a character that that you know is, in one sense, the long arm of the law, um, but is also a, a frail human with her own uh, insecurities and all that at the same time, and mm-hmm. and that's a, a tightrope that's difficult to walk sometimes.
1: Yeah, yeah, you could say that. Yes, I didn't make it easy for myself. So I was starting out with a whole new cast of characters, but um, I've worked with police during my years as a journalist. Sure. Um, I, so I have worked with quite a few, but also um, I looked and I found um, two um, really interesting women who are senior detectives and have breast cancer, and they've started a charity. Oh wow. So I talked to them about what it is like and they absolutely informed Elise. Um, you know, the the fears that people won't take you seriously, that they'll always see you as a sick person, um, how do you go back to work, all of those things. So I did I did do research. Um, but you know, and also, you know, just as a woman, um the whole relationship thing, you know, we've all been there. So, yeah, I, I did use, you know, stuff that I imagined and that I researched and um, kind of, you know, wriggled it all together <laughs> um, like you do. But thank you very much for saying that, that I humanised it, because that's what I like to read. Right. I like characters who've got, you know, light and shade and um they're not just working machines right uh, i like those too you know there are brilliant thrillers where you know you're driven through uh by the detective but i'm more interested in the people um yeah yeah you know what makes people tick that's what yeah. i
0: like really certain writers that i've met when they start developing a character will um go through uh all of these different exercises to get to know the character before they start writing. Maybe they'll create character sheets and, and they come up with different um, uh, mm-hmm. characteristics and um, y- y- different things that make them individual people. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm at a blank for words for whatever reason. Oh, I know exactly um, what you mean. I know exactly. Yeah, what you mean. Yeah, and yeah. They'll go through all sorts of exercises to, to learn the character. Then other writers and I'm a little bit like this that I like to to start writing and and kind of discover who the character is uh while writing a scene you know how would this person um uh react to this you know and and that sort yeah. of thing yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's do, what I do do a bit of pre-writing so is, is that the camp that you
1: kind it, of is, fall in? it is it is I you know I do it's terrible because you get sort of two thirds of the way through and you think oh I wonder how tall she is (laughs) (laughs) it's
0: ridiculous
1: and uh,
0: and, that's what uh, second drafts are for (laughs) (laughs)
1: it, it, it was important actually how tall she was but um no I don't do big character biogs I don't because as you say things develop and so you don't always need to know how many GCSEs they got or, you know, what size shoes she takes. You don't always need to know that um, until later when, you know, there's a remark by somebody about, you know, how did you do at school? So I like to be a bit looser about them Uh, of course at the end you've then got to go back and make sure you haven't made terrible errors by saying she was blonde in one bit and dark haired in another right but i don't have photographs that i look at some people like to you know have a a face that they can look at i don't and um i think uh, when i did my first book um one of the remarks that came back was i've no idea what Jean looks like and so i went back and i because I knew in my head, I knew, sure. but I hadn't written it, um, so I had to go back and, and and fill in some of that, so that, so that the reader would know um, what my vision of her was.
0: I, I've met some people that will cast um, a, a book that they're writing with with actors that that they mm-hmm. want to kind of uh, you know use as touchstones or whatever, and uh, mm-hmm. invariably, if I do that and, and I use brad pitt as a character then i'm (laughs) then i start thinking about characters that i've seen brad pitt play and i just start writing that character instead of who this this made-up character is and i I think it if you're able to do that and separate those then god love you that's that's amazing i can't do that i can't do that either no
1: i mean an actor brings so much baggage with them i know that they can play you know a hundred different characters but you but there's one that sticks right, with you exactly yeah right, right. yeah so um, no i
0: don't do that in local gone missing there's another great character d eastwood um right. where did d come from and what does she bring to this story
1: well d's the cleaner and uh so the book is about insiders and outsiders so right. it's about people blow-ins people who arrive in ebbing this fictional um seaside resort and the people who live there all the time. And Dee, um, so Elise is actually an outsider. She's just moved in. So she's seeing things from an outsider's perspective. Whereas D is very much an insider. She's new to the town, fairly new to the town. But right. she knows everybody's business. Um, <laughs> she, you know, she's seen it all. She's seen what medicines you're taking. Um, in in a way
0: that the disease. only... In a way that only a person who cleans up after other people can, it's it was so uncanny the way that you uh, brought that 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 light and shade to that character. It was amazing when you start thinking about, oh my goodness, there are people that we choose to ignore who know everything. And yeah. it's a little scary.
1: <laughs> it is a little scary when you think yeah. <laughs> when you think about it, but it's that invisibility that she has, because although you know there's a cleaner in the house, you can hear right. her hootering and things, she doesn't really exist. But she knows so much. I mean, you know, all the letters that you've left out, you know, the 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 phone call she's overheard, all of those things. And I loved that there was somebody who could give a different perspective to what Elise is seeing and what other characters are seeing. Dee is in there. And she knows, she knows, but she doesn't tell. That's part of being a good cleaner is that you don't tell. Um, so she and the reader are kind of complicit in that. Um, but it just, I wanted to give the reader a different perspective on what was happening behind closed doors. And she
0: was perfect for that. Yes, yes, she was. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we started our conversation talking about the difference in what um, a direction that a lot of modern uh, novels are taking with the kind of breakneck thriller and and things are happening, you know, a, a million things a second and and the reader is being misdirected here and there. And, you know, you're just worn out at the end of the novel. And I do love some of those, yeah. um, but y- you can't just read that all the time. You know, your adrenaline just stays, you know, peaked and, you know, you, you have burnout at some point. Um as opposed to this novel that's more of a classic detective slow burn, um, mm-hmm. it do does does character inform um how um, how the story unfolds? I, I, i'm I'm trying to find a, a good way to ask this, but does does the the types of characters that you come up with did they determine uh, the pace of the story and uh, kind of whether, this is uh, the frenetic pace versus a more um, uh, smoldering kind of plot, if that makes any sense at all.
1: Yeah, it does. It does. Absolutely. Yeah, it does. And um, the sort of characters that I have uh, that I've written, they're not breakneck speed characters. So I've got Elise, who's a bit frail. I've got Ronnie, the next door neighbor, who's, you know, the amateur, nosy parker. I've got D, there's, there are no car chases. <laughs> that isn't what I write really, because I like, I like to unfold things. I like things to, you know, unfold naturally rather than, and I, you know, that isn't how I write. Other people do it brilliantly, right? Um, but it's just not what I'm interested in as a writer. I think, you know, I much rather, you know, have a bit of uh, a bit of, a pause while people are looking into things and you know and and things are occurring to them yeah so it is yeah that's that's the kind of writer i am i think
0: i love the way that you put that 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 you allow the reader to take a pause ponder on things and let realization come to them Uh, because the, the problem with some of the more breakneck speed thrillers is if not done exceptionally well um kind of can insult the reader's intelligence in a lot of ways because you're just you're you're just fooling them at, at every turn and uh mm-hmm. aha you thought it was this but it's really this and mm-hmm. you know, and you can only you can only write Gone Girl so many times um before it becomes cliche and and some people continue to take that genre and push the boundaries and do amazing okay. things with it and some people don't and we'll just we'll just put it at that um what do you feel about your relationship with the reader, um, and the way that you're telling the story? And do you envision um, that the reader is having an aha moment at certain points? And and do you set up certain things and reveals and scenes, to, knowing that you're that the reader is gonna yeah. take a moment and go, oh, I get it now. You know, that's that's. I a, can- Oh yeah,
1: I mean it sounds slightly cynical, doesn't it? But but yes, <laughs> really. There are t- there are moments where I get a, an aha moment. You know, I'll be writing and I think, oh right, that's what happened. So yeah, they, they happened to me, and I enjoy reading them. Um, but yeah, I I think people got a bit, meshed in in the twist. Um, you know, there were there was a whole genre where you know it was the twist and you had to have one and you know but but it's a bit exhausting isn't
0: it it
1: is (laughs) it was for me anyway but no i um yeah i do set things up once it's occurred to me um because it's fun to do that sometimes you know to say uh And then this happened. And, you know, and people say, oh, right. okay, Oh, I wasn't expecting that. (laughs) And that's nice. I enjoyed that. That is fun. But, yeah, there's not a huge, you know, complete vault fast where everything you thought you knew is turned upside down. Um, No, I I, I prefer things to, as I say, unfold. Unfold is more my style rather than twist and, you know. Yeah. Each to their own,
0: I think. <laughs> absolutely. And and there's plenty for uh, for everyone to read, no matter what your taste is. And that's absolutely. Well, that's yeah.
1: it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. With uh, with Local Gone Missing being your fourth book uh, to publish and you are currently writing your fifth. I think you said yes. um, <laughs> has has your writing pro- process changed from that first novel to where you are now writing your fifth novel? Uh, each one has been so
1: different um really the first one no one knew I was writing so I just you know pootled along yeah and uh did a bit here did a bit there put it in a drawer uh second book uh I rushed to write because I was terrified um you know you think I'm never going to be able to do this and there was a deadline from the get-go and all that and so in the second book, I learned that uh, writing is not just putting fingers on a keyboard. You are allowed to think as well. And so I learned a big lesson from that. I rewrote the second 40,000 words of that book. Um, the third book, I really enjoyed writing. And then I went and spoiled it all by painting <laughs> all the characters. So I got really comfortable with the characters that I was using, I loved Kate. I loved Bob Sparks, um, but it was right to try something different. Um, so yeah, the local gone missing. I was was hard. Yeah, it was hard uh, because I had to create this whole world um, from scratch. So the fifth book um, I'm enjoying more because you know I've I've drawn the map. Oh, I I'm love it. Ebbing. I know Ebbing and, uh, and I know Elise, and you know, so I can enjoy other bits of the writing. So I would say my writing process has kind of lurched left and right. Yeah. And um, I don't think anybody ever finds it easy, do they? I <laughs> do find it easy.
0: How many books I, have you done? Oh, I. Uh, <laughs> yeah that it, it never gets easy you know no, after it's, three it's, or four novels you Everest every time yeah. we, you know what what's interesting is that um you go through the whole process of finishing a book and then publishing and then when the next one comes along every single person is uh, uh is faced with the blank page and it is it is the uh it levels the playing field for everybody everybody starts with nothing and uh it's it's a gift really yeah
1: jk Rowling had mapped out all six of harry potter books was it six um uh, yeah, she had mapped so. out all of them but uh, no i haven't done that i haven't <laughs> done that no. mm. we um
0: we talk about world building um especially in uh science fiction and fantasy where uh, we're talking about creating all new worlds but um when you're when you're writing uh mysteries and especially with a fictional place like like you've developed um Mm -hmm. world building is a a term that we can use i think that's safe to say because you're 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 it's a new place it's new characters there are new rules to to the society if you will um when you're writing a series and you begin on book two um is it easier because of the work that you did in book one uh or does the the established world and the, the 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 rules and the characters does that um box you in uh do do you ever think of it in terms like that
1: yeah I do
0: um
1: yeah because the first one you've kind of laid out the ground right and you've got different characters that you've put in um that you will want to use again um and that's great except when you come back to it you think oh god you know she's not old enough to have done this so you are boxed in because you've You've created that world. And so you can't just suddenly say, oh, well, never mind. We'll we'll make him 10 years older. Um, It's got to work. So, yeah, Um, I hadn't created a world before um, because before Place actually wasn't a character. I don't think in the first three. Um, But this time it is um, ebbing. And I didn't want to make it a real place because I think that boxes you in even further. Sure. You know, there's no wriggle room there. Um, and also people then think they're in the book. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> what I'd heard from a friend who did that, and it was a bit of a nightmare. So I invented it, um, which was a lot of work. Um, because there's a lot to a town, a lot. Yeah. You know, you think of the high street and all the rest of it, but Uh, yeah so I did box myself in a bit um, on certain characters but um, the great thing about it was that I had this place and I I know it I can walk down the street in it um, and I know who I'm going to see and what sort of people are in which shop and you know that's that's a great help a great help
0: I love it um how how long do you see this series going or do, do you have a an ultimate goal for it or are you just enjoying the ride as long as these so. characters are willing to go with you
1: yeah or uh enjoying the ride definitely uh i don't know um i'm i'm contracted to write book five and six uh, the american uh publisher for berkeley um i and i'll see i'll see you know how i feel uh, about it i may you know do something completely different again who knows yeah. who knows
0: well i love it um local gone missing is on sale june 14th uh, here in the states and um I, I love it go visit your local bookstore and support local books or, or grab it on amazon um at, the um how do you feel about your books being translated into audiobook uh, you know audio is is a huge growth market right now and yeah. uh people are are loving you know being able to pop in their earbuds and and join a book when they're you know standing in line somewhere or whatever um yeah. have, do you listen to your audiobooks it's a little weird sometimes to listen to your own book but what do you think about it
1: well they've been done brilliantly um I'm I'm thrilled with them, but it is weird. The first one, The Widow, um, I knew Jean's voice. You know, I could hear her in my head all the way through writing it. And then suddenly an actress uh, was speaking her. And that was really, you know, oh, that's not Jean. But it was. (laughs) Um, She did it brilliantly. Uh, I just had to kind of, you know, hand her over. Yeah. The reader would have a different voice. Every single reader would would hear her differently um, when they're reading the book. But um, no, I like the audiobooks very much. It's very accessible. And it's huge here as well, the market. You know, that's what people are doing rather than e readers. In fact, it's audiobooks. And I listen to them all the time.
0: I yeah. do too. I do yeah. too. Uh, Fiona, we wish you much success on the new book launch. And uh, thank you for joining me today.
1: Thank you so much, I've really enjoyed it.